This is Russ Hackman, host of The Wall Street Sweeper. This week, we're going to examine what would it take to boost the return of my portfolio by 1% each year, and how much difference could this make over time? And could I do this with lower risk? Welcome in to The Wall Street Sweeper. This is the only industry that I know of where you can actually pay more to get something worse. Uncover retirement concepts you need to know. They might have gotten one of those reports that they hit enter on and it says you're probably going to be okay, but if you're not, it's not our fault. And now, the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, sweeping away the clutter in your financial life, certainly something Russ Hackman can do. Welcome into the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman is the president of Hackman Wealth Partners, a fiduciary and uh, specializing in retirement strategies. Also, Russ brings a wealth of knowledge he can to the table with you in planning and also to this show. His early years were spent on Wall Street trading desks, which is why, Russ, we like to take that look at the markets each week. But, you know, before we do that, you're actually going to introduce a theme this week that has taken shape each week in many of your client meetings. Well, that's right, Dave. And as we welcome in to everyone, uh, our regular listeners, our new listeners, as I meet with people uh, every week, it's so great to hear how many people uh, are regular listeners. So uh, I do appreciate you, all those people that I've met and not yet met. Uh, in terms of the theme, you know, lately as we've been putting plans together, and some of the listeners who have been into my office uh, will, you know, will this will echo for them, is we've really been trying to quantify, you know, what can we try to achieve by really modernizing our portfolio for this kind of new world we're in. So, you know, we're really in this and by new world. I mean the fact that interest rates have gone from zero to 5%, yeah. right, is one of the biggest changes we've seen in our lifetimes. I mean, it is just massive. And in addition, and that has really altered the landscape of what should you be investing in, risk to be concerned about, inflation, et cetera. And so we've been really been striving to quantify then with updated tools, what are we trying to achieve when we actually sit down with listeners? And to some extent, if we obviously we're we're always very focused on income, but in terms of portfolio performance, people hear me talk about safe money. People hear me talk about fees that are significant, trying to stay away from bonds for the most part. But what, what really are we trying to quantify here? And really what I'm saying is, you know, the question is, hey, if I could approve the return of my portfolio by 1% a year, right, number one, and if I could do it with less risk, mm-hmm. obviously that sounds like a home run and you compound out 1% out for years and years and years, Dave, and that is a massive difference, right? It's huge. And if we kind of, you know, it's kind of how they, you know, they say, uh, how do you eat the elephant, right? One bite right. at a time. <laughs> right. Right. And usually as we dig in with listeners into their portfolios and find inefficiencies, it really is not that hard to be fairly sure that we could improve our portfolio just by cutting fees, other inefficiencies we're going to talk about. And at the same time, with the improvements and what's available in safe money, 
often we're able to greatly cut risk even while maintaining similar or 1% higher return expectations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a, a pretty significant change, and I'm going to talk about that in a client example throughout the show. First, though, let's just talk about what's going on in the markets. The you know the first quarter ended up fairly strong with the S&P up a few percent. The mm-hmm. NASDAQ had a great quarter. It was up 15 percent at, you know, in in some cases that was, you know, deemed to be a bounce back from being down 35 ish percent or so last year. Um, you know, still a lot of uncertainty out there. The Fed is out there saying, hey, if people will listen to us and remember, we need to listen to the Fed that we're going to they've been saying we're going to keep interest rates high. We're going to probably raise them again. The markets, if you look at the Treasury markets and others are starting to say, well, we're not sure we believe them because they're starting to price in some rate cuts as as soon as nine or 12 months out. And I am concerned, uh, Dave and listeners, that and and others I know are concerned that this could result in a little bit of a uh, not train wreck is maybe a little too strong of a word. But we're going to talk about this more later in the show. But, um, you know, there's concern that if the Fed thinks they need to keep raising rates and inflation is more persistent, that really the stock market is not really trading like that. And we've got some continued elevated risk. In addition, I'm not sure we're done with this bank crisis. So as we you know, conclude this part of the show, it is time to give one of those periodic opportunities for folks to call in. Come see us. You know, let, We're going to be examining for folks. We're doing it now and we'll continue to. How could I improve the performance of my portfolio by 1%? and cut risk obviously it's not guaranteed but as you reason through it you know you can see it let's offer that opportunity dave for the next five callers that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement it's 617-674-2000 is how you schedule with russ 617-674-2000 coming up russ shares a client story seeking to boost client returns by one percent annually and lowering risk with Wall Street sweeper Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners and four offices around Boston, making it convenient for you to meet with Russ. That is downtown Wakefield, Newton and Hingham and meeting about your retirement. You know, Russ, you said something in the last segment about where we are with interest rates and how it's really something new for us. And that is so true. I mean, I'm in the financial red zone, clearly. And I remember from the late 70s, early 80s, the high inflation and high interest rates. But I was a teenager it really didn't affect my life this affects me yeah exactly you weren't exactly you know socking away your beer money for (laughs) for for interest right no exactly well that's why i love when you share client stories those who hear you on the show call you and meet with you and how you work with them and when in talking to you you make things seem possible in an uncertain world and you know i've always talked about in our you know in our meetings our approach and i feel like i'm a bit of a broken record around Hey, you need half your money in safe assets, half your money not exposed to the falling markets. Talked about, you know, bonds being an inefficient place to put your money with more downside than upside, bonds, bond funds, et cetera. But lately, 
I've worked to really kind of quantify hey, what are we really trying to achieve when we modernize our portfolio? And I think that's a, a good theme is, you know, modernization, updating of my portfolio for the fact that if you want to call it like a financial geeks like me would call it a, a regime change, really, Dave mm-hmm. and listeners is what we're is what we're seeing in the sense that you know interest rates going from zero to five percent after being at zero for basically 15 years, that really is a regime change, almost as significant as the financial crisis in terms of how it changes the financial landscape, how I should be invested, the impact, the fact that inflation is here now, that really has significantly changed the investing and saving and retirement planning landscape. And a lot of you know, folks that I meet, they're saying, hey, my, my portfolio hasn't really been modernized, right? Or, you know, I'm kind of just sitting here with the same old, you know, and it's not like we're looking for the latest bell and whistle, but we're looking to make sure that we're taking advantage of and we're adapting to the changing world, right? Yeah. So as I've talked about really quantifying, okay, as we update portfolios, as we update plans for listeners as they come in and see us, what are we really trying to do? And let's let's actually really quantify it. It and it is, and and I, I need to point out this is not when we talk about here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do it right. It's not guaranteed. Investment results are not guaranteed. I think everyone out there knows that. Mm-hmm. But uh, in any event, what we are trying to do is and ask ourselves the questions: Could I raise the return of my portfolio by one percent a year? Sometimes it's one and a half, two percent, but let's say just one percent a year, either by stripping out fees, stripping out inefficiencies, stripping out underperformance, stripping out bonds, and you know, the list goes on. And in addition, can I actually reduce my exposure to a cat five risk so that if I shock my portfolio in a 2008 kind of scenario, which as our listeners know, I truly believe that a cat five storm and history shows will come along every 20 years. So I want to know how's my portfolio going to do. And if I could get myself in, in a position where I think I can improve my returns by 1% and actually significantly reduce my losses in a category five storm, it almost sounds good, too good to be true, Dave, but it is true. It almost doesn't sound like too lofty a goal, though. It sounds it seems reachable. It is possible, and that's because um, if you're eliminating eliminating inefficiencies, it is possible to sort of have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you know, imagine I was walking around with a hole in my pocket. You know, sew up the hole. I got more money, <laughs> right? right? You're so, sewing the hole up, metaphorically, right? So. I'm going to talk about a client example. I'm going to do it now, and I'm also going to do it later in the show. I'm going to get into some of it, some of it more high level now, and then Dave will get into it more later. Okay. For our listeners out there, we'll get into it more later. But I want to give an example of some clients, 65 years old, married couple, retired, came into our Wakefield office. They'd done a great job saving for retirement, saved well over $2 million, mm-hmm. but really this exercise and what we're talking about applies to what you know whether you have 500,000 or whether you have 20 million dollars and we see people all the way up and down that spectrum you scale the strategies appropriately 
Well, no, then they're definitely different, right? I mean, and they can uh, be different. Yeah, they're definitely different uh, for because people have different concerns. When you're at the lower end, it's more about making sure my money lasts, you know, and that that's more of another conversation. But you know, the the idea, obviously, of looking to improve my returns by a percent and reduce my risk that is common. And let's add to that, save money on taxes. And those are sort of three key quantifiable things that we're trying to do. So for this particular couple that had lost 15 to 20% last year in their portfolio, we saw that they had 70% of their assets in stocks, which are wow. in basically exposed to, to downside risks to the market in ways that were somewhat tricky to understand a very large looming tax liability and what I would call like dead positions in 30% of the portfolio. Um, What's dead? What would be dead? Dead, that means lousy bond mutual funds and underperforming cash. Okay. And also hidden fees and underperformance in their equity mutual funds. So for them, we did set this this objective. Let's set a quantitative target of improving by 1% and cutting my cat five risk in half. And what we were able to see quantifying it was that was possible through a series of steps. And again, I'm going to talk about this more later in the show, eliminating bond funds. I'd rather be in CDs earning 5% than a bond fund earning three and a half percent. Give me a solid yield, reduce my, my equity risk, give me more safe money. So I have less cat five exposure reduce my fees. We saw in there a decent amount of fees, make my socks conservative and dividend paying. And let's have a tax management strategy that gets me significantly better off. Again, I'm going to talk more about that, but that is achievable for most people. Dave, let's give folks the opportunity again to call in and talk to us about that kind of modernization of the portfolio for the next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more. Come in and talk to Russ, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000 for the next five at no cost, no obligation. Again, the number is 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Up next, one of the most searched financial planning questions on Google. Stick around. Street Sweeper and Russ Hackman think of him as the Wall Street Sweeper, sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, sweeping away any clutter that could be in your financial life. We're going to get back to talking about some of these uh, quantitative target goals that Russ has introduced on the show. But we want to look at what are people uh, searching for uh, when they are thinking, I need professional help financially. And especially in the case of near retirement, I need to get in retirement planning mode. What are some of the top searches on Google and Russ? We're going to run through some of these. I'll, I'll just mention some of the top searches and you can yeah. expand on it. Uh, and obviously this one may be the, uh, the number one, what financial advisor should I use? Depends and on so when they are in their life too, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and you know, how much money you have, obviously, because if, you know, you, you really do need, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars to get the, the sort of the highly personalized touch. Uh, otherwise, you know, you can be with a Fidelity or a Vanguard. 
we do have listeners who come in that still have their money at at those places and generally you know they're looking to transition at some point in their life to you know they've heard me talk about tax planning which those firms don't do uh, they've heard me talk about safe money assets that aren't necessarily available uh, at those firms uh, and really more of a partnership. Hey, as we're going to get older, you know, the two of us are, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to live forever. And, you know, we may lose a marble or two. I've had a client <laughs> say that to me and, and Russ, we, we expect you to be, since you're younger than us yeah, it happens. And, you, and, and I also have some younger people <laughs> on my staff. We expect you to retain your marbles, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, and you're doing the yeah, best this, you can, right? Yes, I am, and uh, I think they're pretty straight. The marbles. Not, oh yeah. Sometimes they need a good amount of coffee in the morning, but <laughs> in any event, um, yeah, I think these just just these questions that people type in. What you know? What financial advisor should I use? A fiduciary is good, right? Someone who, and 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 I remind people that a financial advisor relationship is a pretty personal relationship. So you want to know. You know, who is this person? Am I just dealing with a salesperson of a big firm? Will I, you know, be interacting with them long term? How how frequently do they speak to their clients? Can I have your cell phone? You know, these are important Mm -hmm. questions, right? Other good questions are what what should I bring with me to a, to a meeting with a financial advisor? That's actually an excellent question. People may not know exactly what they need to bring. For the most part, bring your investment statements. If you have a lot of money in the bank, bring your bank statements. Uh, if you, you know, and know if you have any pensions, uh, if you, you know, in a perfect world, you have a social security statement, but that's not necessarily required. We can usually guesstimate your social security. You know, good question here. How much should I pay to meet with a financial advisor? Answer is nothing. You know, you, you should expect a meeting or two. Your limited opportunity on this show is based on your schedule because you offer it no cost, no obligation. We'll say to the next five, but that's based on, you can't open your schedule wide open. Well, it is pretty wide open, Dave, but, but, uh, but you know, if it got, if I got, if it got any wider, then we'd be talking about losing some of my marbles. Right. But (laughs) no, you're not, you're not sleeping. No, it is pretty full actually. And so we are, you know, scheduling, as I'm scheduling, you know, we re- we keep some spots open for new meetings and we for and for second or third meetings with listeners coming in. And also, you know, we're scheduling meetings with existing clients. So there's there's a lot to do. But for us, it is, you know, we generally have a, a discovery meeting and then we have a second meeting where I'm presenting saying, hey, if I was the captain of your ship, here's what I'd be recommending. OK. And then we look at some of the numbers around you know, can we expect, like like we said, can we expect to improve returns by a percent or two? Is that a reasonable expectation? Can we expect to cut risk? Can we expect to reduce our tax exposure or, you know, get ourselves into a better after-tax position? So, you know, as always, uh, um, you know, we got to jump into our transition here, Dave. So, as we're going through this show, you hear something you want to learn more about, you want to come see us for a second opinion, please do give us a call. Let's offer that opportunity, Dave, for the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more. 
If you're doing those initial searches before you meet with someone like Russ, let me give you this number, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Next five, no cost, no obligation. Coming up, a deeper dive case study into boosting returns and lowering risk. Russ Hackman is president of Hackman Wealth Partners. This is the Wall Street Sweeper, and we're back into the conversation. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins here. A part of the show we dedicate to answering, Russ answering listener questions. And if you would like to have your question answered on the air, this is easy. Just go to Russ's website, hackmanwealth.com, hackmanwealth.com. Click the radio tab, and there's the spot to submit the question, just like Phyllis and Avon did, saying, I recently turned 54 and began began looking into long-term care insurance. I did a preliminary search online and was surprised to find out just how much long-term care insurance can cost. Now, on the other hand, the thought of needing care and throwing my family into financial turmoil as a result also turns my stomach. I know a lot of people my age nearing retirement that don't have it. Is there a general rule of thumb you use that might help me decide? Well, for Phyllis and 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 our other listeners, you know this topic of long term care insurance is um, you know not a fun one. Unfortunately, you know obviously what you would like and what used to exist would be like you know sort of like uh, home life auto. You know my I have fire insurance. My house burns down. They you know they they rebuild it right, right. or or you know they take care of me whatever and that. That, you know, what you would call like indemnity insurance, like I pay a premium and if I go into a nursing home, they pay for it. That used to exist. But because of the escalation in medical costs, the insurers that offered it got themselves in need of long term care or care carried out (laughs) on a stretcher, let's say. And so you really can't buy good long term care insurance. And even what you can ostensibly buy, you know, is not great. Really, in my opinion, the best solution is life insurance mm-hmm. how does again, that work we've, we've, we've talked about we've talked about my joke that nobody ever woke up in the morning wanting to buy life insurance no but if you sort of put that aside and you say well gee what is a good way if you think about whole life insurance allows you to invest regular premiums that grow tax-free and what the uh, insurance companies have started allowing and you can access that money tax-free during your lifetime and they've also allowed you to say, like, let's say the the death benefit on your policy is $400,000. They've said, well, okay, if she needs long-term care, uh, tongue-in-cheek, she probably is not long for this world, mm-hmm. right? And so we can almost advance her. So they're building these long-term care benefits into life insurance. And for Phyllis, who's 54, and if you're reasonably healthy, that might be attractive both investment and cover you on the long-term care side, right? If you're, if you are, you know, 65 and up, it usually doesn't look too good. Uh, So the younger you buy this kind of, you know, long-term life insurance, uh, the better. She's smart to think about it with longevity and helping to take the risk out of longevity risk, but uh, good to know there are alternatives available. Ben and Braintree, my employer just cut our 401k match completely. They they used to match 100% of our first 6%, but now they're contributing absolutely nothing. Now, I keep telling my wife that if they're not going to match, we shouldn't put any money in either. Can you help me explain why to her? 
Well, I'm not sure I agree with that, Ben, unfortunately. So I think that, you know, one of the great benefits, there's two benefits of a 401k. One is, you know, it allows you to sock away money and exclude that money from your income this year. You know, that's sort of benefit number one. But benefit number two is sort of underappreciated, but I think is maybe even the bigger benefit, which is basically forced savings, right? It's coming out of your paycheck every week or two and is automatic, right? You don't, you don't ever see the money. And the value of that, I think, is extremely high because there's not too many people good at just socking away money mm-hmm. every week to you know month. So we find that that's the biggest benefit. And I'll tell you, I've said this before in this show, the biggest benefit, that, the biggest difference I see between people who walk in with not that much money and people who walk in with you know, high six figures, seven figures and beyond is did they really contribute solidly to their 401ks? So it is time to transition. We've been talking about long-term care. We've been talking about 401k. We've been talking about improving returns and cutting risk. Let's offer the opportunity for the next five callers to come in, see us, get a second opinion on their portfolios and talk about that. And the number to call to schedule 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Next five, no cost, no obligation. Coming up, Russ does a deeper dive into a client story of looking to boost returns and reduce risk. Street Sweeper continues. The conversation continues with Russ Hackman giving us so much to consider in retirement planning of today and how the what approach should we take to retirement of today? Russ Hackman is president of Hackman Wealth Partners, offices around Boston, four of them downtown Wakefield, Newton, and Hingham. And in speaking of what approach do we take now, Russ, you really introduced this earlier on the show today, but your approach of with quantitative target goals, and you mentioned in in it. And I mentioned earlier, too, in response to what you were saying, that it didn't seem Mm -hmm. too lofty a goal. It certainly seemed reachable, raising returns by 1%. But then also, uh, and that's in in also looking at fees and what you can cut out, and then uh, looking at reducing risk as well. And you were sharing a story of a couple. Yeah, that's right, Dave. Again, I I think putting some meat on the bones on, you know, people have heard me say for a long time, we think we can improve returns. We think we can lower risk. Um, in our portfolios, we think that we can be smart around tax. But if we really try to, you know, take one bite of the elephant at a time, as we were talking about as an analogy, you know, lately I've been really trying to quantify for folks. Let's let's try to have a good shot of improving our returns by one percent a year. And that doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, pick better stocks. You know, that's not how you do it. It generally is about getting rid of inefficiency. And if you're out there saying I have no inefficiencies in your portfolio, you'd you'd probably be one of the few people out right. there. It's like inefficiency is everywhere in this world, whether in manufacturing or your portfolio or, you know, the government. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. another, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. another top. Let's not go there. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of inefficiency there, but yeah. And so for this particular couple, couple, the question is, okay, how are we going to look to boost your returns by 1% and be pretty sure that that's possible? Mm-hmm. How are we going to reduce your risk significantly? 
And I was talking about this couple that had come into our Wakefield office. They had done a good job saving well over $2 million. Uh, but I was saying also that this discussion is relevant, whether you have $500,000 or $20 million, mm -hmm. which is kind of the range of people that walk into our offices. Uh, and um, again, the issues that they were facing because their portfolio really wasn't positioned well going into last year. And in my view, still not positioned that well. They had a and lot of risk, didn't they? Right. Yeah. And we've, we instituted a, so the problems we saw and what we were looking to solve were, okay, they lost 15 to 20% and everyone out there, you probably lost 15 to 20% in your portfolio, unless you had a ton of safe assets, which most people, you know, did not. Um, you know, they had 70% uh, of their portfolio that had downside exposure to the stock market. And sometimes, Dave, that and listeners, that exposure to the stock market is buried inside of other things. It can be buried inside of variable annuities. It can be buried inside of structured notes. It can be buried inside of a number of different things where you didn't necessarily know, hey, I had a decent amount of, of downside risk. So in their case, you know, a lot of downside exposure, a very large looming tax liability because they had seven figures plus in an IRA or in IRAs. They had dead money positions, as I called them. And we were, I was, you were asking me, Dave, and I was clarifying for you. Yeah, well, about what dead. Do we, uh, you could also we, call it lazy money, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, what do we mean by dead money or lazy yeah. money? Well, I mean, money in bonds, earning if you look at your portfolio and you got bonds in there and they're earning three and a half, four percent in bond mutual funds is what I'm talking about, or bond exchange traded funds, and they're earning three and a half, four percent, and your advisor's charging a percent or a percent and a half, you know, you're making like net two or three percent. And if interest rates go up again because inflation is more persistent than people think, then you're gonna lose even more money in those mm -hmm. bonds. So I call bonds mostly dead money. Right. Too much money in just checking accounts right. from inertia that can be dead money, you know, and the list goes on. And in addition, we found that even in their equity mutual funds or equity exchange traded funds, there were decent fees and underperformance. And so when we talk about improving returns, if I just can lower fees and get the same performance. Yeah, that's a good thing. And it. Really, because if, you, if you're in funds that maybe haven't do, done so well, and so if you're out there, look at your portfolio, look, you know, are these mutual funds that I'm in, are they doing great, right? If you can improve performance and improve fees, then you're looking at a situation and improve the return on some cash, eliminate bonds. You're looking at a situation where you really can, you know, have that comfort that a 1% improvement a year is possible. And by the way, if I, and we like to run the numbers and it is unbelievable, right? If you, if you just change the return of your portfolio by 1% a year and you go out over the next 25 years, I mean, it is hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases, millions Think of, of dollars. Wow. Right. Just stripping out inefficiency. And again, that example of stripping out inefficiency like i'm walking around with like money leaking around leaking out of my wallet mm -hmm. you know zip up 
you know, all you got to do is close the hole in your wallet, close the hole in your pocket. You know, you're much better off, and it if really you, wasn't that hard. If you think right? of it that way, it makes you get more to get more serious about it. The money's actually falling out of your pocket. Right, exactly. And so, you know, some of these techniques that we use, and and what we're able to do then is, so eliminating bond funds, get a better yield on cash, reduce my downside equity risk, and replace with principal protected upside. There's some great principal protected solutions. Some are in the low cost annuity space. Some are in securities where you have principal protection. I can't go backwards plus upside. And having that instead of what I might call naked downside risk, for the in the case of this couple, we were able to say, hey, instead of maybe losing $700,000 in a Cat 5 storm, it might be more like two or three hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and you can model that up. So, again, let's not make things too complicated. We want to improve risk by a percent. We want to significantly cut our downside. We also want to work on a tax management strategy, which we did for this couple. That ultimately, for them, we expect to get for their kids to inherit over a million dollars in Roth accounts, which can grow tax free in the hands of those kids, right? And I say to people, you may not be here to to get your kids rich, but better they get it than Uncle Sam. That's right. So Dave, for our listeners out there, if you've saved $500,000 or more for retirement, you'd like to come in and talk to us about a second opinion, a modernization of your portfolio, trying to increase returns and lower risk, please do give us a call. Next five at no cost, no obligation to sit down with Russ. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ takes questions from listeners. The Wall Street sweeper, Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and uh, an educational outreach and a great conversation every week on this show and giving you so much to consider in the areas of proper retirement strategies for today. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins. Our get-together with Russ Hackman every week. He welcomes your questions not only when you meet with him, but he answer them, answering them on the air. We actually want to thank our listeners who submitted questions, providing some content for the show. You can do the same. Uh, just go to Russ's website, hackmanwealth.com, hackmanwealth.com. Click the radio tab, and that's where you can submit your question, just like Sally and Newbury did. Russ, you've talked about a tax liability estimate. What is that, and why is it useful? Well, what, th- what that is is we're looking at your primarily at your pre-tax assets, those assets like IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, etc. TSP if you're a federal employee, the list goes on. We're taking a look at those assets. And as folks know, as you get to a certain age, it's now age 73, you've got to start taking money out of those accounts. And You've also, and the objective there, the reason that rule is there is Uncle Sam is saying, hey, you are allowed to defer taxes on those assets and let them grow. And now it was, it was tax deferral, it wasn't tax never. So now 
your <laughs> the bills come and do. And I was your you partner gotta, all along. Right, exactly. I was your partner in your in your account. Yeah, and as your partner, you got to start paying me. So at seventy three, you got to start taking money out of your accounts. You've got to pay taxes. And it starts at around 4% that you've got to take out. And that escalates up to when you get into your 80s, that can be up in the 7, 8, and even get to the 9% range wow. that you've got to take out of your account. So what we do then is we say, well, let's let's value the total amount of taxes that you'll have to pay between now and you know whether you live to 85, 90, 95, or 100. We can total that up. That's a tax liability estimate. And then, you know, obviously that's interesting in a sort of painful kind of way to look at. But what's interesting in a, in a better way to look at is, are there changes that I can make to my strategy in order to reduce this tax liability? Often looking at things like Roth conversions, tax-free assets, et cetera. And let's try to knock that liability down. Let's try to see if you got kids, if we can pass tax-free cash to kids instead of passing along IRAs to them. That's the purpose of looking at these tax liability estimates. John from Exeter, New Hampshire. Russ, you are consistently talking about safe money that cannot go backwards. Well, even with a sizable portfolio, does it make sense to have more than 50% of your money safe? And what investments pass that safe test? So with respect to the question around how much of your assets should be safe from going backwards, the answer to me for almost anyone is about 50%. You know, I haven't met met anyone, including people with more than $10 million, that in their 60s, 70s, and 80s are comfortable losing 30 40 50%, right? The mm-hmm. adage from... Warren Buffett around stock market risk is don't have any money in the stock market you can't afford to lose half of. Mm -hmm. If you look at the history of these Category 5 storms, they come along every 20 years at a minimum, right? Sometimes you have a decade like 2002 and 2008 where you got two of them in very short proximity. So safe money, I think, is super important. And you know, if I can earn four and a half, five percent in CDs, four and a half percent in a money market fund, if I have uh, principal protected securities products where I'm principal protected and it's not guaranteed, but I got a good shot of making seven, eight percent a year. If I have a lower cost annuity where I can keep up to eleven percent a year in market upside with a, some liquidity trade offs and that, but. With those kinds of returns available, what I would say targeting five, six, seven, eight, nine percent returns without a with with in some cases zero risk, the question is, why are you taking a lot of risk? Right. And so I've gone through the list of safe assets, and I think oh, without fail, when I sit down with people and say, hey, if you could make seven percent a year. Not guaranteed, but with a pretty good shot over the long term of making 7% and have little to no downside, almost anyone of any you know, wealth level will look at me and say, Russ, that's just fine by me. Count me right? in. Right? Now, I'm not trying to make 14% a year. Right. Like nobody's. I have yet to meet the person who's trying to get rich in retirement. People are trying to maintain, yeah, maintain. Beat, beat inflation 
and not get hammered when we've talked about the fact that in many cases, these are self-inflicted wounds that we're dealing with, with, you know, our government basically causing one problem after another with, you know, market stimulus, money printing, inflation, interest rates too high, now wrecking banks. I mean, the list goes on. So, um, yeah, it makes sense to have that safe money to insulate yourself against, you know, what's going on, all this craziness in the world. HackmanWealth.com. Click the radio tab. You got in your question to Russ. And thanks so much to the listeners throwing in that town. We always like to mention that. Maryland in Watertown. My husband is 60 and aiming to retire at 65. Now, his main IRA is with a big box advisor, and he has about 900000 in it. After listening to your show, I thought I'd, I'd take a look at and what I learned from the show and check the stocks-bond ratio. I almost fell out yeah. of my chair. 86% stocks. Should we rebalance with more bonds? And we also have our 401k with 450,000 in it. Well, yeah, going back to our previous question, you know, I think that that's, you know, way too much of a percentage. Obviously, we'd have to look at the 401k of, of assets and stocks. You know, I like to see most people with less than half of their assets, you know, at risk or in stocks. And but in terms of then what do you go into? Is it more bonds? The answer is no, I don't think so. Bonds, you know, we view as not really having an attractive risk return profile, even now with interest rates up and recommend, you know, what's wrong with a 5% CD yeah, and, and lowering in place of some of those stocks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think nothing, honestly. So, you know, as we continue the conversation, it's about, we're talking about the ability to get these second opinions, look at reshaping portfolios and plans to raise returns to seek to raise returns at lower risk. And we do periodically offer that opportunity to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more. And it's at no cost, no obligation to the next five. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ will talk more about the market and the Fed outlook for 2023. with the Wall Street Sweeper and Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners in our weekly get-together, which is not only an educational outreach on the part of Russ, but also just a great conversation with Russ Hackman, giving us things to think about in our financial lives, and especially if we're near retirement. Russ, with offices uh, around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Newton, and Hingham. You know, Russ, uh, we talk about you spent your early years on Wall Street trading desks, so we always open up with your market update, but we're actually going to close it a little bit, too, with your take on where we are now with the Fed, with interest rates, with inflation, what we're dealing with. Yeah, that's right, David. You know, earlier in the show, we were, you know, talking about this this theme of improving returns and lower risk. But I do want to spend some time, you know, taking stock of the markets. And, um, you know, I think there are, uh, there's, you know, there's cause for concern out there. I mean, people are going to like, you have no kidding, Russ, right? But, you know, I personally am having a super difficult time believing that there's thousands of global banks in the world and like three of them failed. Yeah, right? that's shocking, okay. and, isn't it? And 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 it's over. That's it. And, and and a lot of them have the same issue, which people have had too, is they lost money on bonds, right? Yeah. As central banks have been raising rates. So it did get really I, quiet, I, didn't it? I'm gonna be shocked if that's all there is 
as far as the banking crisis is concerned. Mm -hmm. Also, the Fed is continuing to raise rates in the face of actually some improving inflation data. It seems like the job market is cooling off a bit. And so some of the folks that I listen to and really respect are saying, hey, the Fed is risking going overboard in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Right. And some of that also, I think, is human nature. If you think about Chairman Powell, Okay, he's the first guy since the early 80s. Since Volcker. To let inflation get out of control. Volcker tackled it. Inflation was tame for 40 years, and now you got inflation. Mm -hmm. So guess what Jerome Powell does not want his obituary to read, right? Didn't handle it (laughs) properly. (laughs) Right? So he is going to err on the other side, and I think we should be concerned about that. Good Uh, point. Right? And so while we've had a good start to the year and we don't sit here trying to make market projections, you know, I do not think that we I I think, you know, these themes around safe money and being careful are as fresh as ever. So as we wrap up this opportunity and thank you to our listeners for tuning in each week. Thank you for new people joining. Please do. If you haven't think about taking the opportunity to come in and see us doesn't cost anything to get a second opinion. If you've saved $500,000 or more for retirement, we'll give you a second opinion, tax liability estimate, and our read on, could you improve your returns and cut your risk? Let's offer that opportunity, Dave, one final time to the next five callers. 617-674-2000 to schedule. Next five, no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000 a comprehensive initial review, comprehensive second opinion opportunity with Russ. 617-674-2000. We'll see you next week on the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman and Claire Hare are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Index or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of compensation and or other compensation, such as a percentage of organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV 2A Item 4, for additional information.